Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 262, Nothing is Continuous. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. So in this conversation, we're going to talk about continuity or lack of continuity. And all that means is, is there a you that's carried through time? Like how, like to what degree does it look like life and you in life has a past and a future and and there's a timeline that's being played out that things that are occurring are referred back to a past, to a future. That's what I mean by continuity. So I was inspired to talk about this because I was recently emailing with a woman who um, has decided to have a child. And she also has a history of um, some depression and some mental health challenges. So she's excited and, you know, was telling some people in her life that she's trying for a baby. And one of them kind of uh, responded with a question like, well, what will you do if you fall into a depression again? Innocent question, right? (laughs) Probably very well-meaning. Um, something worth considering, probably. But this sent her into this kind of big tailspin of a lot of thinking about, um, am I being irresponsible? Like, what will I do? And really even bigger stuff about her, the, the diagnoses she has and what really looks like, I mean, she she has a history of of having, being depressed and then coming out of it. And it seems kind of cyclical and it's happened several times. So, you know, that very much makes it look like, okay, that's what's happened in the past. That's very likely in the future or at least a distinct possibility for the future. So, so she kind of just was really caught up in all of this. And in our, in our writing, I said something um, about how continuity really only exists in thought. Meaning, this you who used to be depressed, who's had X number of depressive episodes, whatever, um, who is therefore, according to a mind, likely to, you know, play this pattern out in the future, um, a you who had these things happen to you and wants those other things to happen to you in the future, uh, all of that only lives in thought. It is thought. It's not, it's kind of hard to talk about. It's not truth. It has no validity outside of a brain creating this this story of continuity. So it, it's, it lives in thought. It is only thought. It is what a mind does. It is what a brain does. It creates an identity, as we all know. And that identity, like self and time are basically the same. You can't have a self, a real sense of self. I mean, they're very closely linked. This might not be 100% accurate, but 
they're so closely linked that when you feel like a distinct self, you for sure have a feel like time is real. And when you feel like time is very real, you probably feel like a distinct self. Like they're really kind of one in the same or, or largely overlapping because, you know, this separate me that's separate from the rest of the world experiences stuff. And if, if there's a me experiencing stuff, I have to experience that stuff in time experience, even just the the experience of having experience is time dependent. Because if you're having this experience, that implies that you've had other experiences in the past and you'll have different ones in the future. So all of this is, you know, we don't have to pick apart all the concepts. It doesn't really matter. But I just say that to kind of give a sense of how this is all one big ball of thought. Me, past, future, time, what happened, what's likely to happen, what it all means, that only, 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 only exist, exists as it's being created in thought. As it's not being created in thought, like when thought changes or it's just not there, it does not exist. It literally does not exist. It's not that you just aren't thinking about it. It's that it does not exist. It is not real unless it's being created in thought right now, this very instant, the only instant there is ever. <laughs> there, unless it's ever, when it's being created in thought, it exists as a creation in thought. When it is not being created in thought, it does not exist, period. Now, you can see this for yourself instantly and very, very easily if you just get quiet for a minute, if you just close your eyes, get quiet for a minute, you might notice a lot of thinking showing up. That's fine. In that thinking would be, what am I doing? What did I do a minute ago? Why am I closing my eyes just because she told me to in this podcast? What's going to happen? When am I going to open them? What's going to happen later? That's you. That's continuity. That only exists in thought. But if you sit there with your eyes closed or open, doesn't really matter, um, you sit there and you're quiet and you're feeling into this space beyond thought, around thought. Thought can be there, no big deal. But what else is there? Well, feel for the silence, feel for the quiet, feel for, for those little breaks maybe when you aren't so tuned into thought. In that space, which isn't really space, there is no continuity. There is no you. There is no time. There is no past or future. There are no problems. There is no depression. There are no diagnoses. It's, it's so simple that our mind will just discount that, but it's literally right here all the time. And if you are a meditator, you know this very well. Or if you're just, you know, a person that kind of falls out of thinking occasionally and has a real feel for... for I don't know, the hum of silence that's beyond all of this, you know how quickly and easily, instantly really, we can kind of be in this space in a sense where none of that is real at all until a thought shows up and, and brings a story of it. And the thought doesn't even show up and bring it back to life. I mean, that's that's how it feels to us. Like, oh, now I'm 
now I'm back in reality, so to speak, or now thought, oh yeah, that's right. Now I'm remembering, oh yeah, there is a me and I have a history of depression and like that, it only feels that way because we've been so identified with that for so long. But it isn't that, that, that it's bringing it back or you're remembering or, you know, it's like when we have a dream at night and then we wake up and we say, oh, okay, I'm back. Dream's over. I'm back to reality. Well, no. <laughs> this, who said this is reality? It's felt like it our entire lives, pretty much. So, so it's totally understandable. Like that's what our conditioning says to us. It's like, oh, that was just a dream. That's not real. I'm awake now. This is real. But, but that's just what our mind tells us as well. When you close your eyes and you meditate or you get quiet or you just fall out of thinking for a minute, your mind falls silent for a minute, then there's a whole other level of like, oh, now I'm in something else or reality or, you know, again, I don't, I don't want to put a bunch of words to it, but that in general feels truer than true to most people, everybody I've ever talked with who has really touched that space. It's just obvious. It's obvious and self-evident that, okay, this is something, I mean, words don't really do it, but more basic or essential or truer or realer than anything that I'm living within when my eyes are open and I'm engaging with the world through my conditioning. So that space where there is no identity, there is no time, so there's no past and future, there's no continuity, that's there all the time. And and we just tend to be very identified with this relative world where these things exist. So when I told her, and again, I don't remember how I said it, but I said something about there being no continuity and it really struck her. And she really could kind of see, I think, for a minute, um, how this story was coming up and, and being really identified with and clung to. Um, and how it only lives, like it only lives in thought. Now, we tend to live in thought or, you know, the average human in relative terms is identified with thought in this relative world with a past and a future again, most of the time. So it's, it is kind of like saying, oh, when you have your eyes open and you're awake, that's reality. When you close your eyes and you're asleep and things are happening, that's a dream. We get so used to that. We just take that as the truth of things, but it's the same here. It's the same on this end. When you have your eyes open and you're engaging with what looks to be a physical world around you and everything's separate and there's a you with a past and a future, that's made of thought. That's, that's perhaps, and you just see what feels right to you in this, just as dreamlike as the nighttime dreams compared to this other space where there is no self, there is no continuity. And that is not a magical place, really. I mean, it's literally right here in this instant, the second that thought stops. Or, or even when thought is not stopping, really the second that we are not identified with, with that stream of thinking. 
So you have to kind of feel your way into this. And I, I think, I don't know, I think you maybe have to do it regularly. You don't have to really do anything regularly, but I think it's helpful to do this regularly, to visit that place. And one way that that I've talked about here, I think that has been really helpful for me is like going in through senses. So, so like when I get quiet, when I close my eyes and get quiet, there's kind of a ringing or a buzzing or a hum or a purring cat, we've called it. There's just something alive that's there. Now, my mind can still be talking. It can still be wandering and, and creating continuity and all of that. No big deal. Sometimes I'm really caught up in that. And then it feels like I'm firmly here in this relative world. Continuity is real. I'm separate. That's just that. But but not always, you know. There's also just like this kind of, and for everyone it's different. But again, for me, it's like that purring cat, that buzz, that hum. That's like, oh, this, this is something else. In that place, there is no me. There is no past, no time, no future, no problem, none of that. I think it's helpful to go in sometimes through the senses. So, you know, it it can be a buzzing in your ear. It can be sounds in the environment. It can be, you can do it with your eyes open. It can be immersing in something visually. You can do it with any of the senses. You can do it with feeling the, the breeze blowing on you or the sun on your face or whatever. But there's something so immediate and beyond thought. Like we don't need thought to stare at a wall. Thought may show up and it may say, oh, there's a wall and I'm sitting here staring at it, but, but that's fine. We don't need thought to stare at a wall, to see a wall. We don't need thought to feel sun on our face. Thought might come in and narrate that experience and say, how long am I going to sit here? This feels really nice. Or I hope I used enough sunscreen today, all that stuff, fine. But we don't need thought to feel. Feeling is happening. Seeing is happening. Hearing is happening. That's like just what is. And then thinking is often happening. And it's like when the thinking starts happening and the stories start happening and they're so compelling and so familiar and so comfortable in a kind of uncomfortable way, comfortable just because they're familiar, we get just kind of wrapped up in that. And before you know it, we're not here just hearing and seeing and feeling and smelling and tasting. We're wondering how we're going to raise a child given that we've had X number of depressive episodes. You know, we're, we're solving problems. We're doing all of this stuff. And fine, <laughs> that's the way that consciousness shows up often. Fine. But man, to really start to get a sense that those are not quote unquote real world problems. They're real thought problems. Because truly, in an instant, when that thought drops away, they do not exist. They are not sitting there waiting to be solved later. They cease to exist. 100% gone. Just like your nighttime dreams. Your nighttime dreams don't, don't sit there and wait for a solution when you wake up and go through your day. 
they're done. It's like, oh, it was a dream, done, over. This too, (laughs) this too, and this is really huge. It's just massive to start to just get this, this tiny little feel into. So, you know, when, when we say things like they're, all problems are thought, as I've said publicly, and people hate that. <laughs> understandably, so understandably. Um, but like all problems, you know, problems only exist in thought or problems are made of thought. This is, this is what I mean. Now, again, it's very easy to say, yeah, but I live 99% in thought, so my problems are real. No, they're still not real. It just means that maybe they're feeling real for you 99% of the time, which is which is worth looking into. That's why you're listening to stuff like this, right? I mean, that's that's a thing. But it doesn't it doesn't exclude you from the truth of things. It doesn't mean that you're any different or any worse off than anyone else. It, you know, it's just it doesn't make your problems any more real. It's just that your mind might go there and be really identified with that quite often. Well, that's great because that's going to build up a lot of suffering and it's going to maybe, likely, kind of push you to see things differently because we don't like to suffer. So to say that without time, self, continuity, there are no problems you know, another way of looking at that is that I think ultimately what we don't want is a feeling. Like the worst thing that can happen to someone is a feeling. It's not a circumstance because we don't care about circumstances as long as they feel good. We just don't want to feel bad. <laughs> we just don't want a bad feeling. It's not a thought. A thought is not the worst thing that can happen because if that thought's just there and it doesn't do anything for us, then who cares, right? It, it's there's a there's a feeling of contraction of I'm sure we could boil it down even more essential than that, but there's this tight, contracted, separate something feeling that we don't want because that that feeling is like that's not us. <laughs> We're not contracted by nature, so we've come to and there's nothing wrong with feeling contracted, but years of conditioning, you know, lifetimes have kind of shown us, oh, okay, don't like this, don't like this. So anyway, if we just say that the thing that humans do not want, really the only thing that humans do not want, the worst thing that can happen is a feeling. Now, in a space without continuity, without time, without a me who's feeling this and who is likely to feel it in the future, even if the future is a second from now, we can feel anything. Feeling is just feeling. And I talked about this, um, I don't know, maybe five or so episodes ago when I was talking about that angsty feeling that many people talk about coming up in the morning and like first thing in the morning, that kind of morning dread. So when I talked about kind of laying there and just feeling whatever energy was arising. But with your eyes closed and early in the morning and your mind's not fully online yet, there's just this contraction and I don't know what it is, maybe some 
butterfly feeling, maybe some fast energy. But when that's not happening to me and it doesn't mean anything, there's nothing, nothing painful about that. Nothing full of suffering. Even if it's painful, there's no suffering in that. So I think this is always true of all people all the time, like across the board. We can feel anything, even physical pain. There's extreme physical pain. Like it can be felt but the instant, and this is this is kind of the conditioned default, not the ultimate default, but the conditioned default state is that as soon as that is felt, it's felt by a me in time. You know, I know what this feels like. I've felt it before. Or, or no, this is scary. I've never felt this before. There's past. I wonder what it's going to mean for my future. Am I going to be feeling this in a second? And I'm not suggesting that your mind actually asks these questions consciously, but that's essentially what's happening. When anything is felt by me in time, now there's a ton of suffering. When it's felt, when it's just felt, when it's just energy and, and, and there is no separation, there is no separation, no boundaries around that energy, it's perfectly allowed perfectly loud. This is true also just in the visual sense. Like you, you know, we look at a tree and when you see a tree, so thought comes in, there's labeling, there's knowing. Knowing is what really gives us the experience we have. I know what this is. I know what that is. Just in seeing a tree there's continuity in that, right? Because we know things about trees. Started as a seed. It grew. It might continue to grow. It'll die someday. We're not consciously thinking that in every moment that we see a tree, but it's there. There's continuity in all of that. There's a self in all of that. Because if, if you are seeing a tree, to even see it as a tree and call it a tree, then it's, then what are you? You're not a tree. Maybe you're nothing more than that, but even an identity is not a tree, is an identity. So you at least have an identity in that moment, active in thought, only in thought, as not a tree. <laughs> and that thing over there has an identity as a tree. So I just share this to kind of get, help us get a feel for like how huge this is and how nuanced and subtle, but, but so pervasive this is. So even just visually looking out at the world, when we see things as separate objects that seem to have boundaries and they're not you, they're objects, meaning there's a sense of you seeing this object, just to see how much continuity is wrapped up in that. And that determines what we experience. That determines what is seen. If you look at this thing that we call a tree or you just look and, and all of that is in your visual field, but thought isn't there calling it a tree, I've only had glimpses of this myself, but from what I hear and from the little that I have experienced, it is a radically different visual experience. That tree, it doesn't look like a tree. <laughs> Who knows what it looks like, but it's, it can be completely different. So it's just good to kind of see this and get a feel for, for how this is constantly running. And again, when it comes to something like 
I want to have a child. And then all of a sudden someone says, yeah, but how will you take care of it if you're depressed? And, and in an instant, I'm, I would be irresponsible to do this. And who do I think I am? And who am I kidding? And all of that. Oh my God, to see that that lived, that that is a story. Now, that doesn't mean, and I told her this in our communications, like, you know, we do, we are having this experience in this relative world often, and that's beautiful, wonderful. So in the relative, yeah, if, I mean, I wasn't telling her what to do in any sense, but even myself having children, I have a plan for what happens, you know, as much of a plan as one can have really. But we have a loose plan for if somehow I cannot take care of my children and my husband cannot take care of our children, here's what we'll do. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that's really going to happen, but that stuff puts our mind at ease in this in this relative world, right? Like that that makes perfect sense to do. So I think she might consider what's going to happen if she can't take care of the baby. That just makes sense. But that wasn't what all the suffering was. You know, it's this this falling back into, oh, that's right, that's reality. I'm a person with XYZ diagnoses and XYZ issues and and that very thick me in past and future, the second that's gone, it's gone. And when it's there, it is as real as anything ever is, but it is thought. It can only be present as thought. It is not, this doesn't really make sense, but it is not really reality with a capital R. Like it's, thought is not outside of reality, but you know, it's thought. (laughs) So some of the ways this really shows up, I mean, the whole stuck thing, I wrote about this um, in just the thought, how feeling stuck and that's like the definition of continuity, right? Like that's the flip side of continuity. If if there's a past and a future and a me that's navigating and moving back and forth and all of that, only makes sense that that me could be stuck in something. And we feel stuck. People talk about this all the time. We do feel like something's going on there. But but to really see such a clear example, there is no such thing as stuck. Stuck is a concept. It's a thought. It's only a thought. Without thought, there is no stuck ever, not even an inkling of it. And to feel stuck, you you're that that must be created and being identified with in thought. No big deal. That happens. Not a problem. Thought comes and goes. But just so we all know, so we know what's going on when it happens. When we feel stuck, when we feel like things should be going faster or going slower or, you know, like all of that, that is a story arising alongside all this other sensory information. It's just a thought story with a you in the center of it that's that's coming to life as this illusion in a sense, a very real feeling illusion that's being believed and identified with. And when that thought shifts, the stuckness is gone. There, there is no, no solution needed. So stuck is a really common one. Um, Like everything, obviously, related to time because that's really what continuity is about. So if your change is taking too long, your awakening is taking too long, or if things are going too quickly, 
life is going by too quickly. Your kid's childhood is going by too quickly. Only, only possible for that to exist as thought, as it's being thought. As thought in the moment, in now, as it's being thought. Thought doesn't hang out somewhere. It's either here or it's not. There's no other place. (laughs) There's no other time, right? In the big R reality of things, there is no time. So there's no other, and there's no space, really. There's no corner or no place where thought is just going to hang out. So it's either arising as thought right this minute that life is going too quickly or this or that or it's taking too long or whatever. It's very real, just as real as anything else is when you open your eyes and look around. And then that thought's gone and it's gone. Everything about that quote-unquote issue disappears when the thought that brought it to life disappears. That's also true of all habits, problems, issues. Talk about this with habits a lot. They require continuity to be a problem. We can feel anything in a moment, right? But when that thing is happening to you and it's happened before and it'll probably happen again, now you have a habit. Now you have a different kind of problem that that takes on this, this new significance as if it's really real. And now a lot more thought should be created to try to solve that problem, except <laughs> it doesn't work that way. How you're doing in any sense, like thinking about how you're doing um, you know, how your your health has a way to go, your mental health, like I'm getting better, but I have a way to go. My relationship, yeah, our relationship needs some work. Like, oh, fine, those are thought experiences that that occur, that arise. But they all have this sense of continuity wrapped up in them. How can something need work if there's not, time to work on it if there's not a comparison to this idea of how it will be in the future or how it used to be in the past it all any change anything that needs work anything you know and and again i like i hope this is obvious but when when we're sort of in that relative space which we are most of the time most people i assume we talk this way I'll talk about things in life. I think I think everyone does. I mean, I know people who who have absolutely and have not for many many years have any any sense of separate self and and still talking like this can happen. You know, this is working on this, moving that forward, this project here, like you know, continuity comes up because it just arises in thought and and it comes through language. For sure, there's not a problem with this at all. But isn't it cool to kind of know know that it's not the re- the the real ultimate truth of things that it only exists in thought. It's just the relative story, the story arising in kind of the relative, kind of from the absolute. And don't hang on my words here, but it's just how it feels to me. There's like, again, close your eyes, you get quiet. There's that purring cat, that hum, that buzz. There's something 
absolute with no time, no self, no identities, nothing, pure nothingness. And this is not accurate, but somehow kind of in and as that nothingness arises this, these stories and this illusion of this relative world. And, and we kind of get to be in both a little bit. I've been talking about this foot in each camp for years and years and years, and it just keeps on like taking, taking on different depth for me personally. And like, oh, like those words have been used for a long time. You kind of have a foot in both camps. You can kind of, you know, be lost in thought and know that it's thought. And that was helpful. I mean, obviously I wouldn't be talking about it if it didn't do something for me too and kind of point to something and open up something of this foot in each camp. And like for people going through habits and ending habits, you kind of have a foot in each camp. You kind of know, okay, I'm leaning into this and I kind of know that there's space for this and anything can arise. And sometimes I feel just completely hijacked and all of that. But today, in this moment right now, as I'm talking about it, it's like, I don't know. It's just so much bigger than that. It's like we can, we, there is this, I mean, I just don't even like to talk about it. There is this just absolute perfection, nothingness that seems to give rise to this relative dream in a sense that we're all living in with continuity and with a me and both are amazing, but so great to have a sense that, that they coexist in a sense. This metaphor of, um, of thought kind of being like writing your name in the sand. This is in like the earliest Little School of Big Change videos. It might still be in there. Um, or like the Etch-A-Sketch metaphor that people have used where you write your name in the sand or you draw it on an Etch-A-Sketch and then the waves come and wash it away or you shake that Etch-A-Sketch and it's totally gone. And that that's how thought works. That, it, it, that thought can come and it comes to life and it's so real. And then in an instant, it's just washed away and there can be no sign of it at all. That that's how thought works. That, that's awesome, right? And that's been so helpful for so many people. Um, but it kind of goes a bit deeper, a lot deeper, really. Because the way I first heard that anyway, is like, oh, okay, I'm here. I'm thinking. I can be thinking about about, you know, that conversation I had yesterday, that's very real and brought to life and I'm feeling it and maybe obsessing over it or whatever. And then in an instant that can be gone and now something else is being thought up. Okay, cool. That's great to know. And that was super helpful. And I, again, it's been super helpful for a lot of people to know that thought works that way. But the way I heard that initially just from what I understood at the time was that that's all still happening to a me, that there's still continuity in there and there's still a self in there. I can have this thinking in one moment, time, right? And then I can be having different thinking in another moment. Well, that's cool. That's great. But if we really, really expand this out even bigger, even the me, I mean, really, especially the me in time, that's having this thought or having that thought, all of that comes and then is washed away. 
arises and then is washed away. I don't remain. I mean, not me and my identity anyway. There is something that remains that's been here all along, but it's not Amy. It's not you, your identity, your name, your body. So to just take a few steps back on that and really kind of see, wow, even this sense of me and time and space comes and then it's gone. Close your eyes, listen to the hum, do immerse in the senses, whatever it is. The second that there's a tiny little break in thinking, you, you disappeared. You do not exist and you never did until thought that brings you back. I love that. <laughs> I love how I just get such a kick lately about um, how so many things that kind of struck me, and I, I assume this is true for most, I know it's true for a lot of people who have been looking in these directions for a long time. So many things that struck me that I even, I just probably easier for me to remember it or to kind of have a have a memory of that because I maybe set it in a video or put it in little school big change or something but it's like oh yeah I said those words and and pointed in this direction and really saw something in that five three seven years ago whatever and and now it's just like oh my god and yeah there was a direction that was being pointed to but I really I just saw like the tip of it. It It's so much bigger. So I don't know. I just think that's awesome. But I hope this is helpful. This is a big, um, a big weird conversation to have. And I, I, my mind, this is just what's brought up in thought, often oscillates between, wow, this is really vague and I'm probably not doing it any justice to, oh my God, this is so obvious. I think probably everyone's listening to this thinking, of course, I know that. (laughs) So who knows? But um, I just, I think this is so fascinating to really, really consider that this me and time and thought, they're all the same thing. They're really all one and the same. If if thought is coming up, it's going to have a me somewhere in there, most likely, and there's time. If there's a me, there's time. It's all wrapped up together. But that as that is gone, like when that is not there, there is not still a you hanging around not thinking about something. There is not just a you in denial or a you bypassing. Like you are thought, you disappear when you disappear and time and space and all of that disappears as well. If you're curious to see what could shift for you in just two weeks, Please join me and my change coaches for a special two-week course called 14 Days of Change. Each day for 14 days, you'll receive a short audio lesson that points you toward getting out of your own way. These 14 pointers are the essence of what I've seen to be most helpful to aid you in stepping into a brand new way of seeing who you are and how the world around you is your own projection. We'll also have four group coaching calls during the 14 Days of Change, one every few days so that you can ask questions and get as much personal support as you need. 14 Days of Change begins August 14th. Go to dramiejohnson.com slash 14 days to register.